Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm Ellie Gibson. I'm Keza McDonald. Welcome to Extra Life, the video games podcast where we talk about, well, life and video games, Keza. Is that, that's <laughs> it in a nutshell, much, isn't it? pretty much the brief. It's not the snappiest of taglines, but it's, it's all I've got. It's all I've got, It's all I've got right now. Yeah. We'll have to workshop that later. I'll tell you what we have got. We've got an amazing guest. Hello, Sophie. <laughs> Can we sound more excited? Hello. <laughs> Sophie Duca, how are you? Oh, I'm excellent. It was, uh, it's raining torrentially. There are hail stugs. The wind is blowing. It's another beautiful day in the United Kingdom. Oh, I love it though, because that's when it's raining, that's a good excuse to just draw the curtains and sit down and play games, isn't it? You don't have to go to the blooming park. Or, or yeah, yeah, you don't have to, you know, drag your children out exactly. and make them go outside. You can just all play Mario and everything is fine. Yes. That is very true. I don't have to shower either inside or outside. I can stay dry and filthy in my bedroom. Oh, the dream. The dream, <laughs> really. Um, so welcome, Sophie. Welcome to the podcast. For the listener, who are you, Sophie Duca? I am a human woman most of the time outside rpg life and <laughs> i am a comedian who is funny for money some of the time other times i'm just punctual for money yeah that's me i guess and you were nominated for best newcomer at the edinburgh festival when that was still allowed i mean imagine yes, that back when we could congregate yeah that was very exciting i did my first show which was called venus and got a nod for yes. it. is that what it's called is a nod if you actually get it maybe i, I, I think a, a nod called, is like, when you're nominated maintained you, when you're trying to be modest jerk of the just had a nod. yeah i, d- I did edinburgh that year as well we didn't get a nomination for anything but we no don't nods for you yeah we're not sad about it we don't really we don't really like to talk about it uh but uh, it's fine yeah, it's yeah, absolutely no, it's fine big, it's not a big deal no it's i hate being deal. nominated <laughs> <laughs> sounds dreadful worst day ever um <laughs> so sophie have no. you been like like a lot of people have you been playing more games in this horrible lockdown situation that we've been in in 2020 i have sort of been slogging away at not slogging away i have a game that i me and my partner aren't locked down together so there is a game that we have been playing very slowly together called life is strange it's the first life is strange we're very behind the times trying to play that whenever we can see each other which has up until now been rarely but 
I don't have a console of any description, so I can't play. I mean, I've got Steam. I think that's what I need to level up for the second lockdown. For Life you- is Strange is a uh, it's a teen drama, supernatural teen drama game, isn't yes, it? Yes. I, oh, I've a, always that's exactly what it is. I always try and describe it to people, and I'm like, it's so weird. <laughs> like, I haven't played it. Is it the like, one where you very, can? It's quite slow. It's quite a slow game. I think you can play it quite fast, but we played it quite slowly and it's like watching a film in slow motion. Lots of walking and talking. Like the dialogue happens only after you've done quite a lot of walking to meet the next teenager you're supposed to talk to. My name is Max Caulfield. I'm 18 years old. Years ago, my family moved away and I left behind my childhood. After five years, I'm back in my hometown, Arcadia Bay, Oregon. But unlike in real life... In Life is Strange, you can do something super awkward in, in, to your classmates and then just rewind it and the conversation never happened. Right, so it's basically Prince of Persia for hipsters. Is that what we're saying? I would say Prince of Persia is for teenagers who've made mistakes and who hasn't? Talk to me, Max. Whoa! No! I discovered I could reverse time. Max, start from the beginning. It does exactly. go a bit off the wall. There's a lot of supernatural stuff that comes in after a while where you start thinking, oh, I think the scriptwriters got bored here. They were like, let's just, let's just shake it all about. Yeah, supernatural storm, why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> Embarrassingly, I think I played it on a phone when it first came out with my brother uh, and sort of nearly completed it. And then I was like, I'm going to go back again and play it with someone else. I like having games that attach to like different people and important people. So I think it's very undemanding and it's very rich. I like role-player games. I like story. And I guess the like central hook, even though it's one that you see in like, well, like, not the central thing, the fact that she can rewind time and do it again. It's sort of like sort of weird consent issues and like her gleaning information. I, I kind of like how like morally weird a lot of it is. In the bathroom today, you set off the alarm. Destiny. You hella saved my life. Don't ever touch me again. Mm. Yeah. Um, she has to prevent someone's uh, someone's suicide at one point, which it can go either way. And there's also like there's lots of weird things to do with death and ethics, which I find quite interesting to think about. Mm. I mean, yeah. it sounds like it's, it's no Sonic the Hedgehog. Game. I'm really not yeah. all hot and bothered. <laughs> sort of. Uh, what's it called? What do you? What happens before the set? Foreplay. It's not a sort of foreplay game. <laughs> I would say it's a bad foreplay oh, game. I'm 43. I've forgotten all about that. <laughs> Both of us were like, what? yeah, what? what? <laughs> <Sex>. <laughs> Because in most games where you get to make choices, right, do you get to say this horrible thing to the person or do you get to say the nice thing? I don't know about you, but I always end up just being nice and then regretting it. Yeah, I really, I think it's so hard the way that you just want to be nice. Like I thought I'd like start a new game and have her make all the most morally bankrupt decisions and just fuck people over. And it's really hard to make yourself do that. Though it's fun to do like there's to bad characters. There's a bit where a character's in a diner sitting down having some beans and then you can just grab his plate and throw the beans on the floor. And after that, that becomes unplayable because he's gonna kill you but it's just like fun to see a grown man be like my beans you ruined my beans and <laughs> for like, no reason what's over the wrong head. with you game over well, that's a good thing about it though because you can rewind time you can actually do the dickhead option and then you can be like all right i've seen what happens yeah. now i'll go back and be yeah nice. but that still feels like like it's i don't know the you're cheating on your own you, like, police in a game that's not going to tell on you <laughs> so is that usually your approach when you're playing a game with a sort of a moral choice like for example because you, you're a grand theft auto player is that right i did play it BITD back in the day. I mean, it would be incredibly boring to play Grand Theft Auto in a moral in a moral way. <laughs> it would also be impossible. Um, I've tried to follow I the traffic think, signals in that game. Yeah, it can't be I'm done. Not, I'm not. I'm not proud of how I acted <laughs> in Grand Theft Auto. Help! There's a guy with a gun. 
Uh, I did some bad things to some innocent people. What's the worst thing um, you did? Come on, what's the worst thing you did? Now, this is like confession now, Sophie. Come on, we're going to absolve you. Possibly, it depends what you did. What's the no, worst I thing you did in GTA? I don't know. It's the normal thing of like the normal stuff. Random assault, uh, driving my car deliberately into people. Completely yeah. regular um, pedestrian murder. Possibly some slightly darker stuff. I'm, I'm from Catford. Um, That's pretty standard. That is standard. Grand Theft Auto is that I think most of the violence that I and all my friends committed while playing the game isn't necessary. Right. It's sort of like sometimes it's slightly more efficient. You could just do it to sort of liven things <laughs> up, which I think is an interesting thing. I was playing a game called Papers, Please, also on Steam, where the whole thing is about processing you like a border official. I promise it's a fun game. Actually, I can't promise that. I promise. It's an <laughs> For some people, it's game. marvelous. Yeah, that's um, a, a I love it. Thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really cool kind of game. I love it. I think it's just kind of like, even though this is like it's a very simplistic game that you're like oh mother-in-law is sick it's just fun to be like do we need mother-in-law hasn't she had her time (laughs) Uh, whereas if you just sort of punch someone in the face and reverse over them in your car well, it doesn't really help the mission. At all. <laughs> uh, then it's uh, just doing yeah. it for lols. You can't assault people for lols. And again, I bring you back to Catford. There is quite a lot you can get away with on a Saturday night, but that's a story for another time. I have uh, heard that GTA Catford is, is going to be the next one. Ellie. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Although there is a game called Watch Dogs Legion, which is kind of like GTA. Um, is it set in Catford? It's set in London, so it's like GTA, but without lots of the violence. So oh, it's, no. it's a big Almost city. That, unrecognisable. Pretty much. So basically you can... You can walk around performing mischief, but you do all of it through this kind of techie way and not just by punching people in the face. But the cool thing about it is that you can play literally anyone in the whole game. Like any Londoner that you see, you can recruit. What, like Suggs? If, you, if you're in Camden and you see Suggs, can you, can you be in Madness? That sounds quite good. I think you can be Stormzy. Oh, he's that's good. Yeah, wow. well, he's, he's in, he, his, new, his newest um, music video is being done in Watch Dogs Legion. So has it, but has it got multiplayer? So I could be Suggs, you could be Stormzy, and then we could form a unique duet. Do you know what? No, but I wish it did. That would be great. Uh, it would be good. I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've only played it for a bit. It's not out yet, so I've only played it like preview stuff but it does look pretty fun and, and it's just, it's, there's something really cool about walking around in London yeah, like yeah. really London but they've done London properly do you remember that when years ago they, the getaway do you remember that on PS2 oh, I think it was, man, that was and that's a Sony claimed they were going to recreate the entirety of London I think they got about as far as Charing Cross to Piccadilly and then realised it was quite a lot of effort and it's they quite just sort big. of gave up <laughs> yeah yeah it's quite big should we go back in time now? Should we go back into the, the mists okay, of your past, okay. Sophie? What's the first game you can remember playing? Oh, God. I feel like this answer will be untrue, but it feels <laughs> emotionally true. I think maybe Spyro. Ah. Spyro 1. Little purple dragon the game. Spyro the Little Annoying Dragon, to give it its dragon. full title. Yeah. Are you you're a Spyro fan then? Didn't you write the manuals for Spyro? Uh, no, I didn't do the Spyro games because I think he's a twat. So um, I, I he turns a... into t- such a little shit. Yeah, he's an awful, he's an awful bastard. When I was at PlayStation, there was me and another copywriter, and so we got to sort of choose who did what games, and I was like, Spyro, fuck off. So that was <laughs> that was that. Won't even write his manual. No, don't. Yeah, he doesn't. What? You, how could you? You probably didn't even have a manual. What's the manual? Oh, jump and collect things. Tedious, tedious. <laughs> but All you... I've been doing my entire life is jumping and collecting things. That's so <laughs> in games now. <laughs> 
What do you remember about Spyro? Like, if that's the first game you remember playing, what, what do you remember about it? I just, it? I really loved it. I, I think, like, Spyro 1 is quite alienating. As like, in existentially? That, like, some people will talk to you, but you're basically just running around. And I think it's very beautiful. It was very beautiful, a game with these sort of, like, fantastical skyscapes with, like, very pointy wizards and like chasing <laughs> thieves there were always like thieves that would like giggle and then run away from you and you'd be like what is the meaning of life and they wouldn't say anything and then you'd like head smash into them and collect something but then you'd be alone again i don't think it's like directly linked to my emotional state at the time <laughs> and my parents divorce but i was just like i'm just a lonely little dragon running around a skyscape trying to find someone to give me the answers to things <laughs> i think i think spyro one was genuinely a very like lush game it was too big and a lot of stuff didn't make sense. They should have written a manual. <laughs> they should have done a manual. They should have done a manual. Like finding the edges of the worlds and like failing to glide into a platform and just falling into the nothingness. That's what I remember. Hey Spyro, press the jump button twice to glide. And, and don't be afraid. Afraid? Of what? Falling from high mountain peaks, plummeting into prehistoric glaciers. Oh, that. I remember that about early 3D games, like the kind of stuff that was on the first PlayStation and on the um, the N64. It was all early 3D, so everything was so pointy. It's that Y2K aesthetic where everything's just a bit polygonal. Yeah, because um, yeah, I remember like Lara again. She she her, she had boobs like a Toblerone, didn't she? Sort of under a vest, just sort of poking out. Uh, now I don't remember Lara's breasts, but I think it would it it would I feel like it should have yeah. uh, in my queerness to be like I don't know. I you don't, don't think Lara Croft made you gay? You don't think that was uh, so Lara must have made loads of women gay? But I've I've always wondered why I don't feel it's a sort of latent attraction to Lara Croft, and maybe it was the sort of her her boobs weren't aerodynamic enough yet. <laughs> I was just like, no, I respect her too much as a. Uh, <laughs> As a badass. As a a badass, but maybe it was just the fact that her boobs were too pointy. I think humour in a game is really important. It is like when you're trying to like beat something, you're so bored. And if it's all sort of pious, I find, I don't think the Final Fantasy, I mean, maybe they do, like had a lot of like humour. If it's humour, then it's unintentional. Yeah, it kind of took itself too seriously. And so I never got into Final Fantasy, but GTA was funny. Spyro was sort of charming, but it was very kids humor i played crash bandicoot would you say you were a fandicoot no yeah, okay so she wouldn't say that like because she's bandicoot. not a moron nobody would, she say would that. nobody would say that part <laughs> from you um you do not like mario kart oh yeah yeah now i i, do- I yeah. have a long-standing i'm just gonna say it keza keza knows this i will argue to, to the death that Crash Team Racing is a better game than Mario Kart. Sophie Duke, do you agree? I mean, I definitely agree because it's <laughs> yes. more because of the loathing of Mario Kart and do anything to stop it being suggested as a fun game for friends. What's hateful about Mario Kart? Racing. I just hate I just hate better game. I don't like seeing the Mario characters that format. Choose from a huge cast of favourites and pair them up any way you like. It's a Grand Prix race extravaganza. It's Mario Kart Double Dash for the Nintendo GameCube. I hate the game. It co- it gives me anxiety. I don't. I don't know. I think maybe something happened during a race. Is it maybe the fa- during the first race? But I, I've repressed it so hard. I just hate the game. Is it the fact that anything can change at any time, and any small success you may have earned can be taken away from you at a moment's yeah, notice? Maybe something to do with that. Maybe yeah. it's a control thing. I don't know. You have to ask my therapist. But I hate <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> You don't hate Pokemon though, right? No, I love Pokemon. That's something that I played loads. Where can you catch all 150 Pokemon? 
on your Game Boy, that's where. Pokemon for Game Boy is here. With both packs, you can catch them all. <laughs> Games and systems sold separately. I remember I had, he was called Scorcho, and he was one of the... Was he a Charmander? Um, oh, what's that Pokemon called? Charmander, like a, a is it Charmander? Like a Cyndaquil when it starts off, maybe? Cyndaquil. He's from Pokemon Silver and Gold. So I had a little Cyndaquil, Pokemon of the Johto region. Because haven't, haven't you got a theory, because that you can tell what sort of person someone is by what, what starting Pokemon. What they start a Pokemon is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll tell you mine, then you tell me what sort of person I am. As if you haven't known me for 20 years, anyway. Oh, is this with the, ba- with the basic, with the original three? Well, I'll okay. go with the original three. Like, I think the Squirtle, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Trio. All right, guess, guess, guess first of all, Keza. Guess, I'm not going to make you... Squirtle. Uh, what are I'd you say saying? Squirtle for you. <laughs> what do you think I'm saying? This is actually quite fascinating. Not, not since university. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just old Barfort, anyway. It's just old Barfort. Everyone knows that. You can tell um, by the scent of Radox. Uh, no, you're, you're incorrect. Uh, Charmander is oh, my... is my. I'm going to guess for you, Keza. I'm going to guess... I think also Charmander. Actually. It was also Charmander. Yes. I named him Xander after Xander in Buffer the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Which I was in no way obsessed with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he became a badass Charizard. Oh, so what does that say about us that we like? I think all the Pokemon? cool all the cool people pick the fire types, right? Messy right. bitches who love drama. Yeah, absolutely. Yes! That's what it's all about. I think the fire types are like I'm very against picking the fire types. When I played uh, Red, I think I definitely did choose Charmander because I was like it was it's just it's like easy quickly. <laughs> and I what like, do you go for then, Sophie? They behave badly. I don't know if this is just law because I don't think I played through with with a Charmander. But they just like don't listen to you when they get grumpy. And I was like, I think playing with Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur is for revelation. people people like dog people like Bulbasaurs. He's a Hufflepuff, isn't he? he very oh, much the Hufflepuff. Yeah, 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 definitely. Ooh, that's what that's about. My little Bulbasaur, very reliable. But my best ever Pokemon was a Cyndaquil evolved eventually into a Typhlosion. He was called Scorcho, which is a shit name. And <laughs> Presumably you were quite young at the time. Give like I didn't tend to or care for any other Pokemon. I just had this sort of like insane... Then like it got to a stage where any fight would only make like a tiny, tiny chink on his experience points <laughs> because he was just like a colossus. So I'd have like tiny like i just have like every other pokemon i just have at the start of the fight and immediately swap them out and then they'd like get loads and loads of points because of scorcher and he was just like my uh like my trophy pokemon just this absolutely swole massive pokemon at the head just of this, this little line a of hench typhlosion yeah. and i had to have other pokemon i had to have i had to have a flying pokemon so i could get places i had to have a, like a gyarados so i could like surf and like go and explore places but they were all so they were withered compared to <laughs> malnourished underloved Pokemon because the the first few Pokemon games you could just basically decide that you really liked whoever it was Pikachu or your Charizard or whatever or your Blastoise yeah Pikachu if you were like obvious and then you could just play the whole game with basically that one Pokemon yeah yeah Yeah. occasionally swap out it is a, a less rewarding way to play When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
I share something sad with you about Pokemon oh, Vest? Because I, I need to, to just who get gets this to out. say their Pokemon? We've both got a really good Pokemon set, sob story. I'll go first because then it won't be a disappointment if yours. Anyway, so um, my first Pokemon game was Pokemon Red uh, on the Game Boy Color. Uh, when I was about 23, I was incredibly cool. I had loads of boyfriends. Um, yeah, anyway, um, so uh, yeah, and, and, and I and I got quite far in it. I got loads of Pokemon. It was really good. And then one day I met my friend John and we went for a drink and then I was moaning, you know, telling him about Pokemon because, again, I was a very interesting person. We were saying goodbye at the station and he said, oh, can I just have a quick go on you? Can I see your Pokemon? And I was like, because uh, um, I've worked quite hard on it and I knew John wasn't a gamer and he wasn't very technical. But I was like, okay, just, just be just be careful, yeah. Just be careful. It's like giving someone your baby, right? Oh no, you're six very pinch babies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And of course, I think we all know where this story is going. He went, oh, and he looked at it for a few minutes. So I bought coffee, and he was like, oh, it's really cool. Okay, cheers, bye. And then he got on his train, and he had deleted the Pokedex. Ooh, what? what exactly? That's Can harsh. you imagine? And it was very, very sad day, and there was nothing for it. I had to sleep with his boyfriend. That was the only way. <laughs> that- to get revenge yeah. it felt like a fair trade he understood you know it seemed like a reasonable you know and now we're still friends so that's my sad story uh, what's <laughs> Sophie have you got a sad Pokemon story or are you just still weeping over what happened to me <laughs> I I think that's truly crushing I don't Do I don't think there was ever a deletion I think what happened to me um is that my dad, when my parents split up, and you could play games on the plane, so I got to play Zelda, which I didn't have. You just had it on the plane, and it's a 12-hour flight, so I would try and get as far as I could in the game oh, before yeah. we landed. And so it's like very hard to like put, pour so much like so emotionally into the game and then have to leave it when they're like, please prepare, seatbelt signs oh. are on, please prepare for landing. So oh, of course like you can't save it, yeah. Do oh, this, no. Just play games and then have to abandon them as, at the point where you get invested, which is about the 11-hour mark. Oh, man. Oh. Oh no! That is tragic. That is actually maybe sadder. Okay, so what's can you out sad? Oh, mine, mine's the saddest. I? Go on then. I'd like to take you back to the year two thousand. Oh, when I was eleven. I was drunk that whole year. That's oh, probably well. a good year. You're I was eleven, me. also drunk. And the Pokemon World Championships were going to happen. And when I was eleven, it was my absolute dream to go to the Pokemon World Championships. I wanted to be the very best, like no one ever was. Mm, and uh, so I trained up. You could, you could get a Pokemon game on the N64 where you could basically play the original Pokemon at 10 times speed. So it was like... And you could train teams up super, super fast to level 100. So I assembled myself, again, very cool, an A team, a B team, and a C team of level 100 badass Pokemon. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash this. And I went to the regional qualifiers <gasps> and I smashed it. I smashed <gasps> it. And I, got, um, I had to come back for the finals. And so the night before the finals... I prepped my A team and my B team on, on my Pokemon Red cartridge. And uh, I was convinced at this point I was going to Pokemon World Championships, right? Um, of course. It so was am I. I'm, I'm with you. I'm there. <laughs> I can't, it's like I can't watch, but I can't li- watch I know. my ears. I can't, I can't bear this. My ears so are like I, curling in on themselves. I took my, my A team and my B team. I, I took them off the N64 cartridge, transferred them onto my Pokemon Red cartridge, popped huh? it in my Game Boy, left it in my huh? pocket of my rucksack. And when I woke up in the morning, my brother <gasps> was sitting there playing the Game Boy. <gasps> oh. I was like, what are you doing? He said, I'll just start a Pokemon again. What? So he had overwritten my hundreds of hours worth of work. Oh. And so I, the regional finals that day, so I had to go with my C team and I got absolutely trounced in the first round and I didn't play Pokemon again for 10 years. Oh, <laughs> that, no. oh my God. That That's, is my Pokemon sub story. That is the saddest thing I have ever heard. <laughs> it and was also nuts. really tragic for your parents to lose a son. <laughs> <laughs> 
how different your life could have been, I Can you imagine? I could have been interviewed on weird nostalgic documentaries on Channel 4 about being the Pokemon World Champion. I've, no. I've Listen, I've had actual breakups that have left me less sad than you telling that story. I'm absolutely mortified, Keza, for you. That's... I don't know if you were. Like, you might have been multifaceted. I, lit- I hate you if you had anything else going on. I hate you because you were an overachiever. Let me, uh, let, mean... me, let, let me make you hate Keza now, Sophie. Um, uh, Keza, how many languages do you speak? Oh, come oh, on. no. Oh, yeah, go on. Four. Four. Yep, four. four. And one of them is Japanese, is that right? Yes. Monster, Zenbu de Hyakugoju Let's let's move into your more recent past. There's a common theme. You'd you'd seem to like games about birds. I feel like this is a coincidental and crucially normal so normal of my gaming history. Mm. Uh, such as the very excellent game Avian Attorney, which I believe the tagline is something like the hottest bird lawyering game to come out of 1840s France. <laughs> I'd put it in my top five. My I don't know interests. about I don't know about hottest. Definitely top five though. Also, I think I'm quite bad at history. It was also like a, a quite quite a good retelling of. The, the like catalyst of the French Revolution. <laughs> so there is quite a lot of uh, flitting about Paris, pardon the pun, as your bird lawyer self. You kind of collect clues and you uh, question suspects and then each chapter of gameplay is punctuated by a big court case, one of which is like a sort of kangaroo court. Uh, Wait, there's kangaroos like, in it as well? Amazing, this sounds like the best and, game ever. Um, I feel like this whole game is an allegory for something, but I couldn't for the life of me tell you what. I'll be honest, I'd not heard of it yeah. until today, and I think it's a dream Sophie had. I don't think it's <laughs> a real thing. It's a real game. It's a great <laughs> game. So, a uh, hatful boyfriend. I, you speak Japanese, right? Um, I think hatful... I think hatofu might mean pigeon, and we can cut it out if it doesn't. Hatofu might mean pigeon, but it also looks like hateful. Like hateful boyfriend... Uh, and it is a game in which all your potential boyfriends are pigeons. <laughs> You're literally a pigeon <laughs> fancier in the game. Yeah, yeah, like it is a game for and about pigeon fancy. It's a dating sim, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a date. It's a dating sim. Uh, roam, roam the halls and find love in between classes as a sophomore at the world's greatest pigeon high school so this is actually a genre that was mega popular only in japan in the 90s like the dating simulator where you get right. like an array of like weird waifus you know there's always like hot librarian blonde yeah. woman big boobs so on so on so on this became a massively popular genre for, for women in japan in the 90s and early 2000s and then we now have this brilliant selection of games that just completely go weird with it and riff on it so you have like this one where you just date monsters there's this oh. one where you date pigeons I really love how weird people have gotten with the idea of the dating sim now. So when I was playing games in my lunch breaks at school, as all the cool kids do, I played a game called Ganguro Girl, which did not teach good or romantic or sexual behaviours. But I think that Hatterful Boyfriend had a sort of nostalgic appeal for that reason. I just had like a mad shot of unwelcome nostalgia for Ganguro Girl. Oh, did oh, you no, play did it you as play well? It? Yeah, it was so bad. It was just—it was one of those things that got sent around, like all the weird forums I used to be on. Everyone would be like, "Go play this, play this on Newgrounds." I don't oh. remember anything about it apart from like a creeping sense of something being terribly wrong. Was it like that the Forever by Judy Blume for <laughs> gamers of your generation? Yeah. Um, oh God, I bet there's millennials all over the country now shrinking back in horror. And weirdly, maybe because it was so 
basic and crude I stayed with it for a while but there were also weird ones where you would date sort of very troubling non-humanoid characters that sounds, like rolling the dice yeah it does sound like tinder to be fair so, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's sims go that's quite good isn't it it's quite strong I, I feel like games are always sort of calling me back I feel like there was a bit where I wrote for a gaming magazine and I played lots of different games. So I actually played Hatful Boyfriend, not of my own volition. I don't know. I feel like games now have so much personality that I'm always just like, I think you'd really like this to people. And they're like, people who haven't gamed previously yet, where it hasn't been a part of their life. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm an adult. Um, one of my friends recently made a game, which is a simulator of the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, I don't oh know if God, you're aware what? of it. Edinburgh no, Edinburgh idea, but a very funny concept. You basically can play in different difficulties. So like hard difficulty is like you're a female comedian. Easy <laughs> difficulty is like you're the son of a famous comedian and you already have like an agent and like 10 grand in the bank. I'm not sure it's been fully developed, but you can play through what is already a pretty discombobulating real life event in the safety of your own home and without funny. losing literally all of your money <laughs> <laughs> the, the classic edinburgh experience absolutely both for visitors and performers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'd like to find the perfect game for every person i like to play through people's minds i like the worlds of games Tedious. i think anything with a, a big enough world and the word detail keeps getting added is something that i really like i think it's true that you know when when we were all kids games were you know, they basically only did a few things. Like there were sports, there were adventures, there were racing. Now, like you say, there's games for pigeon fanciers. Mm. There's games for people who really love, you know, comedy takeoffs of point and click adventure games in the 90s. There's games for people who like being a horrible goose in an English village. Like there's always something now. You yeah. know, for pretty much anyone there's because games games are made by lots of different people now that weren't making them in the 90s. But I like I do like that thing of prescribing games. I'm going to pr- prescribe a game that I think you would like, Sophie. Um, now, I, know, I don't think you'll have played this because you said you're more of a PC gamer these days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you may not have played Tokyo Jungle I was just, on the PS4. Were you thinking of that? Kim? I was oh wondering how many episodes okay. we get in before you mention Tokyo Jungle. <laughs> the Tokyo best Jungle. Game. So no. right, you're in a post-apocalyptic... I mean, again, it was made a few years ago. It was a different time. Just remember, it was a different time. It's set in Tokyo after a mysterious virus has wiped out the human race. Oh, a fortune-telling game. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Very prescient. And all the animals have escaped. All the pets, obviously, have survived the virus and all the animals have escaped from the zoos. And then there's some twists in it, which I won't spoil. But so the animals have literally taken over Tokyo and turned it into a jungle. And it is it is just amazing. And the animals have, like, formed, like, little tribes. So, like, and then you get, you get these weird messages. Somehow the animals have worked out how to send faxes. I don't really understand it, but they've worked out so you get weird messages like the beagles are gathering at the end of the Yamanote line and then you oh. go and then it's like that bit in Zulu all the um, beagles come over the hill and it's absolutely oh terrifying God. I'm telling you mate it's, it's brilliant this sounds incredible this sounds it's, incredible yeah, I mean, this, this, is, uh, this is Ellie's like JD Salinger <laughs> <laughs> I reviewed it for Eurogamer, and it was it was the. I think it's the best thing I've ever written. Not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> don't sounds, you play? Don't you play as a Pomeranian? I think it is my perfect game. You do you do play possibly, as a Pomeranian? Possibly a perfect game that exists that I've never played. I think you start as a Pomeranian. You get to be different animals, and like you you get to mate and stuff. And the mating. Sorry, is what done... did you say? You start as a Pomeranian. You do. Yes. You get to be a Pomeranian. That's your first animal. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, right. This is amazing. If you want to mate with another Pomeranian, right? You have to go. You sniff their behind. And then there's like love hearts pop up and then you the, the screen fades to black as you gently mount your new partner 
Now, that, tell me that's not a video game. That's brilliant, that. They say video games aren't art, Keza. Are you into it, Sophie? Are you going to give it a go? I'm, su- I'm super into it. Brilliant. There you are. I was literally sitting there going, she's going she's to talk yeah, about Tokyo yeah. Jungle. It's going to be... Uh, oh, yeah, there it that's is. That's right. It's, it's Tokyo the Jungle. The doctor is in the house, Keza. That's right. <laughs> Successful prescription. Well done, me. Okay, Sophie, so, so before we get to the end of the show, um, I do have a, another special guest here in the studio today to introduce to you. Um, this is your opportunity to pitch the game that's been in your imagination, like your perfect game that you want to get made. And I've invited a AAA video game investor in here who has the power to, to make such a thing happen. I'm just going to let him talk now. Hi there, Sophie. It's me, Barry Nintendo. <laughs> Hi Sophie, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm great. Are you are you all right? You sound a bit like uh, out of breath. Oh, sorry. I just, I just dropped some fifty pound notes out of the window, and I, I ran down to get them. But then I realised I don't actually need them because I've got so much money anyway. I'll just run back up the stairs to talk to you or something. Um, anyway, Sophie. Yes, I've been listening to your chat. Good chat. Um, yes, I was wondering. I, I have approximately four hundred million pounds just sitting here, ready to be invested in a new video game, and I wondered if you'd like to pitch your concept to me, Sophie. Okay, so I would love to pitch my concept to you, Barry. Great. Uh, unfortunately, I have decided the greatest game ever to exist, which is Tokyo Jungle. Tokyo Jungle, of course. Uh, Everybody knows that, Sophie. Yes. Yes. It's one of Barry Nintendo's favourites he did mention. But, oh, I wish I'd picked that one up, honestly. I really as do. Untitled. Sorry, your you're game, Sophie. Sort, go, go. You're sort of like an easygoing, chilled out, liberal, millennial dog. Let's say a Vimarana. Okay. Right? You can a sassy, a sassy gal Vimarana who is enrolled in her first year of uh, university. Mm. She is studying graphic design. And at one, uh, at one point, uh, halfway through the course, she realizes that um, she's, she's got to go off on a mission because her family back home really need her. And so she sets off on this uh, journey to get back home to her family. That's that is the, that is the, that is the pitch. I, I I quite like it, Sophie. Um, but there is one thing missing. I feel. Do you think you could work any birds into the narrative? Yep, yep. I think um, they're all birds. They're all birds. Okay. That's a bird. Yeah. Sold. It'll be out by Christmas. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Barry, you're for, welcome for joining us. I mean, I know you're very busy. Um, yeah. Bye. Counting your money. Bye, Barry. Bye. All right. Oh, oh sorry. I just right. hit to the loo. Who was that? Did you have someone in? Yeah, that, Barry. It? Barry just. I mean, you oh, missed him. It's Barry a shame Nintendo. I, yeah, I know, oh, right? It's a, a shame you've not seen him in years. But oh, there he's he was. A good lad. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we have do have one final. <clears throat> we do have some final nonsense. Um, we have a quick fire round, Sophie where we get to ask you questions and everybody gets to judge your answers. How's yes. that sound? I'm ready for the questions. Okay, All right. don't, don't be frightened, Sophie. There are no wrong answers, uh, but oh, we no. will judge your entire personality based on what you say. Mm. Okay. Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Correct. Definitely. God damn. <laughs> Pikachu or Jigglypuff? I know uh, it's I'm a tough gonna go one. with Jiggly because Pikachu is so fucking pious. Can I swear? Yeah, man. Pikachu's Absolutely. a little prick. <laughs> And this Prick-a-choo? is from, like, Prick-a-choo? Not game, it's not from game canon it's from like the fi- the films like the one with Mewtwo and he's yeah. fighting with his clone I don't know if I need to go into it but then he'd be like Pikachu's clone is like Pikachu and this is it, is it, there you go and then like he's so tired that he raises his paw to slap 
and Pikachu because he thinks he's Jesus or something like puts his paws out and catches him oh yeah doesn't happen in a game but it really soured Pikachu for me I was okay. what's next next question warrior or wizard oh I was about to say it's uh, not wizard. Sophie's choice but it actually is Sophie's choice it's just not like that Sophie's choice it's Sophie's <laughs> got to choose um, but not a child <laughs> we should have called this game Sophie's choice yeah. what, what a missed Sophie. opportunity that was wizard please Okay. <laughs> single player or multiplayer? No, single player, single player. But and then you play as different people. I just can't. I can't abide with more people crowding. I mean, people, people are the worst. To be fair. Sniper or shotgun? Shotgun. Shotgun. No messing around. Yeah. Straight in there. Are you Not sneaky? Are you a shotgun? Kevin? I am. Yeah, I'm shotgun. Yeah, yeah none of that sneaky. Shotgun. It makes me think of Worms or Party. Yeah. And it is. I don't like. I don't like the dark arts. I just like to shoot someone in the face. Yeah. And oh. on that note. Yes, I think I think I think we've I think we've got the measure of you, Sophie. Um yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Yes. And I, I barely had to unearth any trauma. Excellent. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> yes. I think Kez's Pokemon trauma really has been yes, enough my trauma. My, tra- oh my, my trauma's gonna to, dominate. I had this. repressed that. I was the work of this <laughs> that was fast. podcast was repressing the moment you told that story and it is I, I, I don't know how I'm going to go on. Uh, I won't bust out again for another few years. Absolutely. That's the only way I could have said that this was a delight because I had forgotten that you told that story. <laughs> oh, well, sorry to have well, ruined your day. Yeah, Sophie. sorry to inflict that upon you. But thank you for being a brilliant guest. Thank you to everyone for listening. And until next time, bye bye. What do you want me to say, Kesa? Do you want me to say game over? Like yes. a twat? Yes, definitely. No. Yeah, yes, makes, let's make the guests say game over. Can you say game over, please, Sophie, without killing yourself? <laughs> yes, I can. Go for it. Game over. Yeah! All right, excellent. That's actually quite a good bit. You're welcome. I'm be- actually a professional comedian, Kesa. I'm aware. You do mention it quite often. <laughs> This has been Extra Life. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Extra Life Pod. Extra Life. With Ellie Gibson and Kaza McDonald. Produced by Joel Marks. Assistant producer, Alex Hart. Music by Wayne Shepherd. Extra Life is a great big owl production. We've had some complaints from the various video game executives featured on this show, um, and we'd like to just make absolutely clear that uh, Ellie's voices do not represent the actual views of uh, any of the corporations mentioned. Oh, spoil sport. Uh. (laughs)